Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks, the podcast of Leif Hetland and Global Mission Awareness. Hello, everyone. This is Leif, and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. And I'm so excited that my dear friend, Georgian Bonhoff, he actually, I got a text yesterday and it says hey Georgian is going to be in town do you have a chance to meet with Georgian and I said of course so we spent the last two hours together and yeah. it is wonderful, wonderful to have you here Georgian always wonderful <laughs> we've known each other almost 20 years not in, you know 20 years we met in, in the Toronto's Blessing Church and then about 10 years ago we started our personal relationship and working together and it's been a glorious Getting to know you has been wonderful, yeah. enrich enrichment experience for yeah. me. And the same also with you and Winnie and of course Jennifer. Uh, so I think yeah. the whole family, yes. the family of global celebration and global mission awareness. We kind of become two families, two families. that are just connected together in covenant relationship where yeah. we say, hey, hey, let's just add value to one another. And of course, we both have accents. <laughs> we do. As far as Americans are concerned, because yeah. we're both from Europe. You're Norwegian, I'm Bulgarian. Yeah, I know. And that's amazing. <laughs> it is it's amazing. It's international family. It is. Really. Yeah. I think the one other things that I thought at least what I enjoy when I would use so many things it's of course we have so many things in common in regard to dreaming with God solving things on a global level and uh, I know that both of us have such a heart for some of the least last lost some of the injustice issues that's going on on a global level where we have the same paradigm view of how a God that loves this world so much that he will send his only begotten son. Yes. That love of a God towards every person in this world and how that love looks like. And I know, George, and there is a couple of things. I mean, you're a few years older than me, so that's exciting. Uh, but there's some things that God has placed on your heart, even in a, I mean, just share a little bit of your journey, first of all, because I need to, I need people to know from Bulgaria. Yeah. Here you are, and then there, you're called <laughs> to change something that is so big that is going to involve all of us to be involved with it, and that's oh, what I love. Yeah. I grew up in Bulgaria, which at the time was communist country. If, uh, you, you know, you're familiar with the Cold War, you yeah. know, the... Younger audience probably were not even born then, yeah. but the baby boomers they they understand the the term Cold War, and um, and rock and roll. So, so <laughs> I was born in Bulgaria where the communists uh, uh, want to control everything. Don't ever fall for this communist stuff or even socialist. This is cruel and it's yeah. antichrist setup as, as as it can be. I grew up in that, and so. Um, Lenin was supposed to be my daddy, and I did not like Lenin at all. <laughs> but I found out about another Lenin uh, when I got the, the teenage uh, John Lenin, and I like this Lenin better. Ooh. I says, oh, I like this. She loves you, yeah, yeah, guy. <laughs> <laughs> so me and three boys started the first rock band in Bulgaria, Ooh. and uh, we weren't that good, but there was no way to prove that because it was not. Was that good. legal back then? Well, well, at first they didn't know what we are, so okay. they allow us to kind of exist to see us. Um, and they put us on national television because, you know, we were unique type of music. So they, because there's only one channel, so overnight we were the number one band in Bulgaria. Mm. And um, 
there's no number two Evans Lee. <laughs> so very quickly we became very famous, mm. you know. And our gatherings were rock concerts, very populated. And they, what year would this have been? This because started in '65. Wow. That's the year before I was born. I was born January oh 13, 1966. Yeah, I'm talking, oh, yeah, I'm talking to uh, the baby boomers, but really I'm having, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind Generation of X, one of the X earlier ones. Yeah, yeah. In between. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then eventually they shut us down because uh, we were breeding rebellion and uh, freedom of sort in our rock music. So they shut us down, but which was the factor that helped me uh, start making a plan to escape. Out of communism, of course, there's an, at the time, Iron Curtain, yeah. I don't know if you remember oh, that. Oh, yeah, I remember. And the, the Berlin Wall, of course, and yeah. all of Europe was divided, yeah. uh, Iron Curtain. And uh, I was smuggled by the Polish black market hmm. into the Western Europe, Vienna, Austria, where I processed my, they processed my case, hmm. and I became accepted to arrive in America. Wow. When did you arrive? What year was that? I arrived in 1973. 73, yeah. wow. Yeah, <laughs> April 73. It was amazing. Yeah. The, the number one hit song at the time was Killing Me Softly. Killing Me Softly and this song. It's like a, a, a prophetic tune that eventually I made my way to Hollywood and uh, my dreams about rock and roll clashed. You know, I just collapsed. I just, just it didn't turn out what. I was hoping, expecting. And those famous stars were not shining at all. They were actually dirty. There was puke on them from the winos. There was prostitutes walking, heroin addicts doing the drugs. And so I was like, this is not what I die for. I, I risked my life. I would have died. For rock and I, roll if you thought that I was And there. crossing there and yeah. risking. And it's not worth dying for. And right at this point where all my dreams collapsed and what to do, the Jesus people at the time, yeah. there's a big revival of yeah. Jesus people in, in the late, early, late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. And, and they began to share with me Jesus. And of course, I couldn't speak English. I was an atheist. They couldn't figure out what they were talking about. And so they used food as a supplement. <laughs> That's your love language. <laughs> That's my love language. <laughs> and through food, I, I, my belly kept... Drawing me, and my mind kept saying, there's no God. My belly goes, oh, yeah, there is God. Get back <laughs> there. I like that God, you know. And after two months of love and hospitality and attention, I says, okay. Were I, you a hippie back then? I was a hippie, yeah. Okay. And I was, uh, again, headed for Hollywood. And I says, I just got to stop eating their food. I don't believe any of their stories about God. There's no God, of course. But just in case... There is. I, I know there isn't. But out of respect for all the cooking for two months, I just give it one chance. And that's it. Then I'm, I'm headed for Hollywood. So I packed my bag and I'm leaving tomorrow morning. And I went on the side from their community up in the mountain area. I don't want to be embarrassed. I, I don't know what happens. And so I says, God, I know there is don't exist, but if you do... Actually, I said, do you exist? That's it. And that's the thought that came to my mind. because, And I knew that he doesn't but say it. So I said, I got to exist. As soon as I said, God, we exist, he showed up in a way of a canopy of some sort, a blanket or something, just covered me. Mm. Couldn't see him, but I could feel it. He even changed acoustics. You know, I was, I said, what's going on here? This, this, this is crazy. Like, what is this? Who is this? And then the thought that there is a God shot right through me. And I, I, I collapsed. I can't even describe Oh my gosh, there, maybe there's a God. Oh, is this God? It's like, 
I went into, I mean, I, I fell in the dirt and shook and cried. I had this, this, God, what is this? Mm. Whatever you are, whatever, I didn't even think it was a person. Whatever this is or if the God is, I want to know. I want to know. I can feel it. I can touch it, but I can't see it, but I want to know. And that was my first couple hours. Did you have any experience with being high on drugs or anything else before and this was kind of at the most high or was this just a brand new experience? No, there was like very strange experience that there is a God. I yeah. felt cheated, lied by the communists, the atheists, the anti-Christ people. They're not, they're just like, so I felt cheated that there is a God I didn't know this long. That's okay. And I went down. And my prayer was my asking, I want to know everything about this guy. So it got dark and cold up in the mountain here. So I then went down to the house and they knock on the door. I knock and they open the door. They go, oh, yes, come on in, you know. I didn't go to the kitchen anymore. I stayed with them and they were worshiping. They were singing to the Lord. And I just, I just want to be with these guys. Whatever they know, I want to know. And then I saw my first vision, just like this. Like two hands uh, toward me. I couldn't see the person, but I see the hands, the arms up to here toward me. And that was the arms of Jesus. That was Whoa. the hands of Jesus. And I just <laughs> fell. I fell into his arms. And he put his arms sure. around me. And I just fell on the floor. Thankfully, they had a big, thick carpet. <laughs> Whoa. And that was my first day, half a day of experience with the Lord. And that's when my... Experience what life. year was this? This was 73, uh, 70, 74, wow. a year after arrived, yeah. 74, right around uh, February, mm. a year, almost a year, a little under a year, and <laughs> I came to America, I met Jesus, I experienced him. And then I had a glorious experience with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because they kept saying, now ask him to baptize, and I go, what is that? Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. He'll tell you. Just, just ask him. So I kept asking. Nothing happened for a while. I was, you know, what's wrong with me? I, I, nothing's going on. They go, don't worry about it. You've been communist your whole life. You know, chill out. I said, don't tell me to chill out. If it's for me, I want to know. I want it now. And so I got very intense at one point. I said, listen, I don't want to hear people about that Holy Spirit, whatever that is. If I don't have it, I don't. I don't want to hear about it. So when they were talking one day, I blew gasket. I said, that's it. And so I got to get this. So they were going to pray for me in the back room, the prayer room. And suddenly the wall of the prayer room disappeared. And I was in the throne room. I don't know how to describe it like this. First I heard the, 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 the shouts, the you know, like the ecstasy, shouts of praise, shouts of... Like a fans, like imagine a fan of a soccer field. I'm in the middle of this cheering, cheering, <laughs> cheering. And, and then a wall disappears and I see the throne of God covered with angelic beings swirling sure. around me in ecstasy. And suddenly a fire, uh, out, of, out of God will come these lightnings and, and fires things. And, and one of those lightnings came right at me through their bodies and it just hit me. Do you know what is amazing? Even while you're sitting and describe it, you can feel it. Really? And you say, yeah. The way you describe it, it's almost like it's happening now to you. The way you describe it. It's just like... It's, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> it's the God is a consuming fire. I oh. never read anything. I didn't know <laughs> yeah. anything. I just was two years, two weeks old. 
and this fiery experiences were touching me. And it was uh, like by the second ball, it was as big as this, but like a grapefruit, and it hit me, and I overheated it because it was hot. It was good, but too good. I don't know how to describe it. It was a love, but too much. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and I'm pulling out of this heavenly visit because I can't stay there. It's yeah. too much. And, uh, and I just ran out of the room. And they were trying to pray. I don't know what they were doing, but I could not take it of this fiery love and kiss anymore. So I ran out to cool off. And uh, it was fire everywhere. And I'm like a torch, I felt like I'm a torch, you know. And I saw a puddle of water and I dove, believe it or not, I dove into the puddle of water just to, in a tent to cool off. But it was not cooling off because it was a fire, it was a different spirit, the spirit of his love on me, you know. And then at one point I couldn't handle it anymore, so I screamed, stop, it's killing me, I can't take it, it's too much. Wow. And stop. And then I go, man, why did I say stop? It was so much fun, but... Then I learned my lesson. Don't say stop to God. Okay. He knows what he's doing. Come on. He's, he cooked the, the, the communist out of me. He deep fried. <laughs> he deep fried. Maybe God. we need that still today because oh, there are some people that are coming into this yeah. the socialistic, almost a communistic. That, Absolutely. Uh, we're going to, we don't realize that they want a government to be their father. It's demonic. Of, yeah. it's, it's just a demonic. God is our father yeah. and he is a good dad. Yeah. Communists are bad dads. They're yeah. not good dads. Yeah. They're abusers and want to use us. And they yeah. use us, the poor people to, to make a case. But really, they're thieves. They yeah. took all the money. Yeah. They became the rich. You know? yeah. So don't fall for that. Yeah. Tell me, when did you meet Winnie? Because I've enjoyed of meeting over the years. I've got to know about Winnie because Georgian and Winnie is one package. Yes, you, we are. <laughs> yeah, I met her in a school uh, in Northern California in the uh, north of uh, Santa Rosa School, mm-hmm. discipleship school at the time, and I met her there. She has already been through the school and become a member of this ministry, and she was uh, serving the poor children in the Santa Rosa neighborhoods. Mm. That's how I first saw her loving on him and bringing pizza and donuts and things for these kids and loving on him. So we we began to, I mean, this is 70s, okay? So there was no Christian music uh, for children. Mm. The Christian music that today was just starting. Yeah. I mean, at the time, I don't know about Norway, but here it was like a hymnos. Mm. Uh, piano and maybe an organ but yeah. that's the church uh, singing and yeah, that's all I knew at that time period it's yeah same thing and so so we introduced sort of sanctifying rock and roll yeah. and the Jesus music was ex- former hippies you know rock people like like me and we would sanctify instruments to worship the Lord Guitars, electric guitars. I mean, we had problems with some of the authorities at the time. <laughs> Drums were from the devil kind of thing. So, And we had to bring all the instruments because none of that was <laughs> in the churches. And But the Lord kept using that to win souls, to win young people. And, uh, and nowadays there are huge festivals that teenagers lead other teenagers on worship. I mean, this has never happened in the history of, of Christian. This is... Uh, Phenomena of reaching the masses through through music and things like that. So my former, my wife-to-be someday, we were writing songs for children and uh, because we wanted to reach children for Jesus. 
And so we wrote uh, three songs and a, and a music and a tape called Music Machine for Children, just probably before your time. But but if you're born in, again in the 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. you know, you raise your children most likely on that. They're sold millions and millions. We have double awards and Grammy nominations, things like that were the first uh, powerful, you know, children tapes in music, teaching the fruit of the spirit, then another one called Bullfrogs and Butterflies, another, probably some of your listeners, if if, they, if they're from the baby boomers, they, they know what I'm talking about. So that's how I started with a songwriter, and that's how I met and dated Winnie, writing songs together, and she was the lyricist, I was the music, musical stuff. When did you get married, and what year was that? We married um, uh, five, four years later, so I was... Um, so we've been married 41 years. Wow. Calculate that. Yeah. So 41 years ago, we got married. Wow. I don't know. What years? I can't think now. 77 or 78? 78, 78, 79, something like yeah. that. Yeah. 78, yeah. 41. Yeah. It's beautiful. And we have one daughter. Yeah. And three grandchildren now. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful family. Yeah, that's a beautiful family. Yeah. Beautiful family. We took a daughter on the road because we were traveling together. So we, we couldn't, we had to have family. So our daughter was, grew, grew, grew up in, uh, in her school, like a homeschool, but it was actually road school, right? <laughs> yeah. In the backseat of cars, in airplanes, <laughs> in hotel rooms, she would be doing her homework. That's how, but we, yeah. that's how we kept taught, tight family, you know. Uh, how did Toronto come into your life? Because again, we met there, but uh, how did you? Yeah, uh, because that's also part of your uh, big your, part. Yeah, big part yeah, of your big part. We've <laughs> actually gone uh, through a difficult season where my marriage almost, you know, we almost got divorced because we were very, very discouraged, and and uh, she, my wife, more so than me, stopped going to church even with me and things like that. And '94, we started hearing about this move, of God, this presence, this joyful presence, laughter. So, so it was really a, a, a South African evangelist, um, Rodney Hal Brown, yeah. that we first touched, you know, in his 90, 95 I, January camp meeting. And then we heard about Toronto, so we went in Toronto after that. And that's where John or not, uh, another, another band we did in the 80s called Silverwind, and Silverwind was John Arnott's favorite band. Oh. And he says that it kept him through the difficult times. Some of our songs were very encouraging for him. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. And so he spotted me, or somebody spotted me, the worship leader. His, Toronto's worship leader is named Jeremy Sinai. I remember at the time. that, yeah. He started a Silverwind band, a Canadian version with he and his wife and another gal. And, and sort of did that. So he spotted me and then he introduced me to John and the rest was like, wow, you know. And I was just freshly touched. My wife was freshly touched and and we got adopted by Arnott's uh, circles of ministers and friends. And that's how uh, we, we, you know, got involved with the... To me, the Toronto's blessing was expression of God's grace. Yeah. That's, that's how I perceived it and I had a revelation of grace Come on. through that yeah. and, and so. when did you start global celebration well that was uh, that was uh, 1985 wow uh, and we, we shared about the the Luke 15 the prodigal story the yeah. prodigal son. that was how we named it the Lord yeah. took us to that prodigal story and says 
be like the servants, slaughter the fatted calf and bring on the music and the dancing and let it be celebration in the house because my son was dead, now he's alive, let Come us on. celebrate. So that's, that's the commission that we got in yep. 1985, but it wasn't until 95 that we activated more, both my wife and I together to put 10,000 in the sense of even greater that... Uh, that the, the minister began to explode, you yeah. know, with feast, large feast, up to fifteen thousand at the time, in Central America and Bulgaria with the gypsies, and really all over the nations, bringing festivals with food is a is a, is a big deal. Yeah, for us, I got saved through food. Come on, and, <laughs> and the fatted calf is it, feasting. It is feasting. Enjoy and celebration. That's the, the, the calling of art yeah. to celebrate. I know in a couple of places when you and I have been together, they've introduced us. We have the apostle of love and the apostle of joy, joy together. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and of course, I know both of us, I have joy and you have love too. So it's not limited that, but it's it is. Together. A, but it is a still. But there's no love, there's no joy. joy there's love, no there's joy. joy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even just while we're having lunch for a couple of hours, we just, we're just full of joy and love. Fest- and love and joy. And it yeah. spreads into the neighbor table, and the owner came up, and other people is just like, it's, it's contagious. They got <laughs> specific <laughs> words for both <laughs> the waiters, like, whoa, whoa that's the exact <laughs> word that, you know, that this morning she says was. It was very connected with her. I got very excited. One of the things that I love about you, there's many things I love about you, just being with you and being your friend, being your brother. But one of the things is because I know both of us, we are dreaming of, we have this one life to live and we have so much love to give that this life that we live, we're going to live it full and we're going to die empty. So one day we're going to be gone and we're going to leave something for the next generation, but we're going to live full while we are here. Absolutely. And we're going to live in such a way and love in such a way that people know who our Papa God is. And But in the middle of that, you just talked about, uh, and I, I like it when you think that way, it's the 10 million children, oh, children. that has been trafficked. Right uh, now. Because I met them all over the world. Yes. I'm meeting those children. So, and I know orphans and widows is another. And we talk about these giants on a global level. And I love that you're coming in and saying, as a son of Papa God, this whole thing of Papa says, son, will you dream with me? And you're dreaming with it. Can you share a little bit about that dream? Yeah, we started uh, with helping orphans. Uh, I was When I was a child, I didn't have a dad. So I understand not having a dad, at least. Mom was awesome and she worked hard to raise me. But I know what's it like not to have a, a dad. And so um, I've been praying since I was born again. Says, Lord, help me feed orphans. Help me do something for fatherless, you know. And started with two and five and ten and grew to close to 600 now. We have children at our care fully supplying their food and their uh, housing and education. Because uh, the Lord says that today's slaves are going to be tomorrow's leaders. So we got to see it that way. Yeah. And so I'm, we're going all the way through college years for those who want a college, if, at least skill schools after high school. So yeah. we're training that way. And uh, started for, with orphans. Then the Lord began to get us in the dark world of, of uh, traffic children. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily orphaned, but they're treated like that by parents. And parents are just not able to raise them or sometimes intentionally sell them Mm. for income. It's just uh, that's the dark world. That's what we need to change because trafficking comes from 
parents who are not really being the parents that God wants us to be. So, so ultimately, we're raising brand new moms and dads that will treat their children differently. But uh, meanwhile, in the interim, the dark world, I begin to realize there is a, conservatively speaking, 9 to 10 million trafficked children in one of three areas. Child soldiers, slave labor, India, those countries where you go. Pakistan, Bangladesh. Pakistan, slave slave, slave labor. Minors is not supposed to be, but they use them. And then uh, the sex slavery, which is also. So, um, so there's 10 millions. And so the Lord told us, it tells in the Bible that we're supposed to take care of the widows and the orphans. And, and the Lord says, why don't you hire widows to take care of the orphans? Because widows are natural and they need employment. They need, you know, food and things. And they need, you know, without, without husbands. But then they're natural at raising children because they're moms, you know. So it's a wonderful way of, of seeing it. And so uh, 10 million orphans. We need a couple million uh, widows because two widows can take well take care of uh, ten orphans. Yeah. So this is a great model that we've experimented, started, and it works fantastic. Two widows can easily take ten orphans in, in practical way. It's just spiritually as well. So, mm. so, so that's why we need the funds to support these widows as they're taking care of the orphans. The whole thing is one package that. It's attainable. Yeah. It's big, huge, but with a big God, we can do this. Yeah, and the beautiful thing, we talked about it and part of our conversation for lunch is some of the Kingdom Wealth Forum. We talked about some of the people that you and I have been connected to, become yeah. in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Uh, God has given them an ability to gain wealth. I'm not saying it's limited to that, but there is some people out there that that's, that's yeah. the gift that God has given them. And their gift back again to God is to be able, how do I utilize this these resources and yes. wealth? And some other people, including Sunday, I will have dinner with one of those guys. But we're also saying, okay, now what does that look like? Both of us, very similar type of dreams of solving certain things mm-hmm. on a global level. And then God says, hey, I, I have certain people out there that... Yeah. I have given resources. I believe the church is, is an awakening giant that can be part of it. But also among the church, there's people with resources. So, Because, again, we're talking about something that is so big that only God can do it and only he can receive glory from it. Yes. It's that kind of a level dreams. And then, yeah. and then you and I just talked about some of the things practically we can do, even in regard to gather some of those people together. And if there's people out there listening and that's, yeah. you, that's your blessing and this is your gifting, so... Uh, both George and I it's have divine gift. There's, yeah, there's a gift, and, and and the way that you utilizing this gift is going to bring such a glory to the Father. And we're going to make sure to gather some of those people around, mm-hmm. not for any other agenda than for you to see your wealth and to see who you are and your value at the bigger family table. For you to bring your special sauce, but people are not going to value you for what you do, but who you are, because that's how God has made you. And we just also wanted to bless you and celebrate you for who you are as yes. part of God's bigger pictures. I want to make sure to make that statement yes. because I know there's about two of you that are listening right now. You are part of that group yes. of people out there that God is blessed in that way to continue to be a blessing and we celebrate you. It's the, it's the blessing of Abraham. Yeah. I will bless you and make you a blessing to many nations. Mm. It's the covenant that God made with Abraham. Mm. That's what we grafted in. Yeah. Whether you're Jewish or not, you're grafted through Christ in that covenantal blessing to be a blessing to the world. And so that's why we created a kingdom wealth, because 
God wants this kind of a big name, but the Lord says, do it because yeah. I'm calling the eagles to come. And um, in, Sing- in Singapore, we did that. The Lord gave me the word for shrewdness mm. because he says, I, sp- I want you to be innocent as dove, but shrewd as snakes. And it's like, that's a startling word, but that's yeah. Jesus because he is outsmarting, kind of like Moses' snake ate the snakes yeah. of, you know, the Pharaoh snakes. So this is the wisdom of heaven, of above, that superior to the wisdom of this kingdom of this world. So whoever is listening is part of that shrewd side that God is creating, God is commanding, and Jesus is leading. It's not a, you know, it's not an evil thing. It's Jesus is saying that. It's going to be awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. I know we talked about it. It's so interesting because we have some of the same clarity of 2020. Of course, it's year 2020 and focus clarity. What are some prophetically things that you are seeing and you are hearing? I'm just saying for a lot of the listeners, I know a lot of people just finished a year of shaking. A lot of people right in the middle of it, they're trying to clean their lens to try to get focus and clarity. And mm-hmm. especially with some of the political climate, the geopolitical climate, People are in the middle of a season right now. They, they want to hear from God and they want to hear clearly what God is saying. So what are some of the things you are picking up with as we're looking at 2020? And how can people get involved in something that God is doing so they don't go into fear or guilt or shame? Because that's three weapons the enemy wants to use. Mm. And he wants his sons and daughters to be free. Because whom the sons and daughters set free, they will be free indeed. And they will set people free. So what do you have to say about the future as we're looking ahead? Well, it may sound strange, but the Lord is saying to me again and again to still myself and to listen, to learn. And in the busy world, it's not as easy, you know, it's kind of challenging. But the Lord wants uh, us to hear His voice all the time, to get accustomed to hearing Him. And I'm taking more and more time with the Lord. He says, okay, Lord, I want to be learning that I want to hear your voice. And I'm raising a school and a whole generation of uh, fathers and mothers and sons and daughters, they hear the voice of the Lord that wants to talk to us all the time yeah. and guide us because He's inside us. And so that's the that's the way we're going to release the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And the kingdom of this world will become like a kingdom of God through us as sons and daughters hearing Daddy's voice. Mm-hmm. It's like Isaac. Isaac, the Lord began to talk to him practical things. Hey, don't go to Egypt, sow your seed here, invest here. Mm. And God, as a dad, because his father you know, passed away, right? Abraham passed yeah. away. So God became his direct dad to yeah. Isaac and advised him mm. in a very practical way. And he heard a voice and he did so and then God blessed it. And so that's, that's kind of what was going to happen. We're going to wake up next year beginning to hear clearly the voice so apply yourself i would say don't wait for 2020 start now yeah take time to hear the voice of the lord read the word because the word is jesus in print like like uh, bill graham bill johnson says recently i love that because yeah. the word is jesus you know it's, so reading the word and hearing the voice together mm. the spirit and the word come yeah. together we can hear clearly the voice of the lord And I I would encourage even practically speaking, what are some of the noise in your life 
that you, if, if you're sensing I struggle to hear God's voice, my question would be, what are some of the noise that we can turn off in this season so that we can hear that still, small voice? Because I know sometimes for me, it's, I just bought me another phone, uh, Georgian, the iPhone 11. I still have the other phone, but I'm doing that as part of hearing God's voice that I would leave the phone with my staff or my home of the other phone that is always busy, and I would keep this one phone for emergency purposes so that if the Holy Spirit calls me or my wife calls me, just a few people, I'm available. But practically speaking, I think there's some ways we can shut down some of the noise of this world yes. so that we can tune in our ears to hear the Father's voice. Mm-hmm. One last thing I wanted to, because I do, uh, looking at George and Bonhoeff's special sauce, there are so many ingredients there. <laughs> but the, the last thing, it is the joy. I, and I do sensing that. I mean, when I'm around Georgian, uh, my heart gets full of joy. It's who you are. It's your special sauce. You maintain that joy. That, of course, comes from love. But from that love, there's the joy and peace. But with that joy, I, I want you to pray because a lot yeah, of people here in absolutely. the middle, we talk about restoring the childlikeness and the innocence, but the maintaining that joy like you have been able to do. Do you mind yeah. praying and releasing an yeah. impartation so that we can develop not just the, the seed of love, but not, but also the seed of joy. And it's going to be that we're going to be so joyful yes. that the world is going to see who we are because yeah. of the joy that we have. Yes, yes, the secret sauce, (laughs) (laughs) the secret weapon, joy, is sometimes we underestimate. So, Lord, I just release that uh, at this very, very moment right now, um, that uh, you are a joy, Lord. Mm. Uh, The joy that that you looked ahead, endure the cross, help you endure the cross, help you endure the most difficult and shameful moments of your life hanging on the cross, Lord. That joy, I just pray that impartation for that joy right now in the heart of, of, of everyone who is listening right now. And uh, it's, it's inside, so I just push the button, the, the joy button, let, <laughs> let it flow. It's there. Jesus is that joy. So I just release that Jesus presence inside the Holy Spirit, and I just push that button, let the well of joy just well up and mm. let the joy of the Lord touch and make us strong and let the oil of gladness that you anointed your son, Lord, let it flow through my brother, let it <laughs> flow through my sister and gladden him. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. And we just release that, um, that supernatural ability to be, you know, your Isaacs. Mm. We're not Ishmael's, we're Isaacs. We're the rejoicing generation, sons and daughters. And I just connect Mm. that with who we are and let it flow, Lord. In fact, through the whole season, as they're meeting relatives and friends, and maybe some of them are not so happy, maybe some of them are grumpy. So we just release (laughs) extra joy, extra joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for listening here. And I would encourage you just to share this podcast with somebody else that needs the joy virus because it is contagious. Mm-hmm. So if they're gaining around you, the joy virus has got to continue to spread so that people can see <sighs> how good Papa God is and mm-hmm. how loved they are. And they're going to see that in our faces that it's going to be full of joy in this season. So I bless you and I look forward to next time that we talk. Kingdom Family Talk, let's spread it. <laughs>